Hey guys, welcome to the seventh episode of the Push Pull Podcast, and today we're going to be talking about the magic behind protein powder. So we're going to go over where it came from, what it does, what it doesn't do, all the myths, that kind of stuff, and then we're going to discuss some of the most popular protein powders and the advantages and disadvantages of the different types. Okay, so getting right into it, we're going to start with the origins of protein powder. So protein powder actually started the, the first ever protein powder was made from soy so it was a plant-based protein and at the time this is just what they thought was the best format um, the, the, the easiest way to put protein into a powder form and it basically turned out to be absolutely disgusting and it just wasn't very good and over time you know it, it was very niche to bodybuilding at that point not many people used it and then Eventually, people wised up and realised that a waste product that they were taking out when they were processing dairy, um, such as milk, uh, a waste product called whey could be used for this. And I'm sure you've heard of whey because that is now the most popular form of protein powder by far. So when they realised that, it changed the game for the, for the industry. And that's what's led to protein powder becoming so mainstream and the fact that probably every single person listening to this has had it or uses it regularly. And what we're going to get into first is what it does do, the actual benefits of protein powder, because I don't want to just sit and rag on about it because that doesn't help you much. What will help you is to understand where the the actual benefits of protein powder do come in. And the, the main place I see this being of benefit is that it's going to help you hit your daily protein requirements. So everybody needs to have a certain amount of protein per day and this is going to be individual to you. So it's going to depend on your gender, your weight, your goals, all these kind of things, the type of diet you have. So if you eat, you know, a pretty balanced diet, you eat meat, you're uh, a male, 160 pounds, 180 pounds, something like that, then and, and your goal is to build muscle, you're training in the gym, like I'm sure everyone listening to this is, then you want to be getting about one gram of protein per pound of body weight, which I think is 2.3 grams per kilogram, 2.2 grams per kilogram, something along those lines. So, you know, 180 pound man, 180 grams of protein, nice and easy. However, protein, protein in the form of meats and stuff like that, is definitely the most expensive. You know, you can get a kilogram of rice for like, what, 2p? But chicken breast is going to be several quid and there's no escaping it. Protein is the most expensive uh, macronutrient. So for people that are heavier, you know, the guys that are 180 pounds, 200, 200 pounds, you know, heavy guys, they need to eat a lot of protein to get to where they want to be. And that does become expensive, especially if you're on a budget. So that's that's the major benefit of protein powder that I see initially is that it's cost effective. But it's also super efficient because, again, if you need to be getting 220 grams of protein a day and you're trying to optimize your protein distribution throughout your meal, so you're looking at getting 40 to 50 grams of protein per meal, you're going to be eating, let's say, five or six times a day if you are like most people and have a job that keeps you nice and busy throughout the day, that's going to be really difficult and time consuming to have that amount of protein through 
normal whole food sources available to you. So protein powder allows you to quickly add in a bit in the morning, in the evening, during the day, after your workout, that kind of thing. So it's going to help you bump up your protein level and get you to your protein intake. So it's cost effective and efficient. And just for, for you guys especially, I've broken down the pricing on a kilogram of chicken breast and some whey protein, just so you can see how how substantial the price difference actually is. So, you know, I'm, I'm a British lad, so Tesco, and it? One kilogram of chicken breast from Tesco is going to cost you £5. In a kilogram of chicken breast, there's 223 grams of protein. So if you figure out what this is, the, the price of this per 20 gram serving of protein, it's going to be 45p per 20 grams. If you go to MyProtein, which is a really massive uh, supplement company, and buy five kilograms of whey protein using a 30% discount, which is, you know, you, you can get that any day. Uh, it goes up to 45% discount a lot of the time. So you get even more than this, even cheaper than this. But using a 30% discount, which as I say, you can always get, brings five kilograms of whey protein to £55.99. And that equals 3,600 grams of protein, which means that a 20 gram serving is then 14p. So you've got 45p for chicken breast, 14p for protein, whey protein. So that's 31p difference per 20 gram serving. So, you know, if, if you're getting 220 grams of protein a day, 200 grams of protein a day, every single day, that price difference really is going to add up and it's going to make a massive, uh, a massive difference if just one or two of your protein intake uh, servings is from a whey protein, you're going to be saving a lot of money. Um, so that does sum up the benefits. You know, it's not, it's not a massive long list. Um, it really does just come down to convenience and cost. The only two things I would add on to this is that protein powder is obviously more readily digestible to the body than a whole food source. If you eat a chicken breast, you have to spend time breaking down that chicken breast to make use of the nutrients in it whereas a protein powder is already in a more digestible form uh, due to the processing. So it is more readily accessible by the body, but the benefit of that is negligible. And we'll be discussing about digestion rates and stuff further down anyway, so uh, you'll, you'll understand more about that soon. Another thing is don't think about protein powder as something different to a form of protein like chicken because it, it, it's literally powdered protein. Um, it's heavily, heavily, uh, what's the word? It's heavily processed, which takes away from it, and we'll, we'll discuss that in the myths, obviously. Um, but 30 grams of protein powder is pretty much the same as 13 grams from chicken breast. What they're gonna do for you is not gonna be different in the grand scheme of things. It's literally just powdered protein, okay? Get that in your head. So now we've discussed what protein powder will do for you and how it actually is good. We're going to go straight into what it doesn't do and the myths. And this is definitely the most important part of this podcast. And these things annoy me. So I'm going to go on about them probably. I apologize. But the first thing is you really don't need it straight after a workout. So you see so many people rush into their gym bags and absolutely just uh downing a protein shake as quickly as possible as soon as they've put the last dumbbell down 
because they think that a workout's going to be wasted if they don't get protein powder, protein shake in straight away. And there's a few things wrong with this. One is that you don't need protein straight after workout at all. You really don't need specifically a protein shake. So the difference between having protein from a shake or from a whole food source such as chicken or any kind of meat after a workout, there's no, there's no difference. Protein is protein. However, after you do a workout, muscle protein synthesis is elevated for 12 to 48 hours anyway after the, after the session. So you really don't need to get in a protein shake straight after the workout because you've got a whole massive window where the time's elevated. It's more about your daily, well, it's, it's all about your daily protein intake as a whole, not what you get in that window that people have named the anabolic window, which is way, way longer than people think. If you're in your training session fasted, it will be more important for you to get protein straight after your workout or as soon as possible within an hour or two. But even so, you don't need a protein shake. It's just protein, not not powder, all right? The next thing is that protein powder does not allow you to build more muscle. If you build more when you start taking protein powder, so let's say you're struggling to build muscle and then you start taking protein powder and you suddenly notice that you are building muscle, this is not because of the protein powder. I mean, it, it kind of is, but it's not because... That the reason you've then started building muscle is that your total protein intake in a day has gone up. So what that means is that you weren't eating enough protein before to build muscle, and now you are. So whether you introduce that protein through more chicken or more veg or or protein powder, you would have built more muscle. It's not the protein powder; it's the protein. Does that? I hope that makes sense. So it's due to an increase in your daily protein. Not, not because of the magic powder unlocking muscle building potential and that kind of stuff. And also, same, you know, on the same kind of level, it won't allow you to build more muscle than if you were off the powder. You know, if somebody that goes through their muscle building journey without taking protein powder will build the same amount of muscle given equal nutrients and training, obviously than if they got protein from whole food or protein from powder. It doesn't, it's not a steroid. It doesn't allow you to build more muscle. It's just, it's literally a convenient source of a macronutrient. So the last thing which kind of annoys me is that protein powder really isn't healthy for you when you look at it. It is extremely heavily processed. So because because we're listening to this podcast and we're thinking about protein as powdered as like a powdered chicken breast, it's the same sort of thing. If you think about where protein has come from, we were talking about whey, so we will talk about dairy. You've taken the protein out of dairy and you've turned it into powder. So you've, you've taken protein out of milk and you've turned it into a powder which tastes like chocolate or tastes like, you know, tastes like mint chocolate chip ice cream. How the hell did we get there? That That is... That is a huge amount of processing to get to that stage. And we, we know we need to be eating natural, organic food that, that's, you know, that, that's not got a massive list of uh, ingredients in it, rather than protein powder, which has 50, 100 ingredients, probably. 
So it's really not healthy for the body because it's so heavily processed. It's like a pro, it's like a pop tart that's just protein powder. Um, unless in certain situations where you can't get protein in for other means and it's helping a protein deficiency. So it does depend, but generally it's really not healthy for you. Um, so basically it's not required to build muscle and it doesn't build more muscle than not having protein powder. You haven't wasted a workout if you don't have a shake immediately or at all. And it's not healthy or natural in most cases. Okay, so for the second part of the podcast, we're going to go through the popular forms of protein powders and discuss their advantages and disadvantages. Obviously, I'm not going to be covering every single type of protein powder ever because that would take way too long. So I'm just going to cover the most popular forms. So the main one is whey concentrate, and this is probably what most of you have used, whether you knew it or not. Whey concentrate comes from milk, so it's a milk protein, and a whey concentrate powder will be 80% protein. The rest of it is going to be fats and carbs, which come from the flavouring and all that kind of stuff. The, the biggest benefit to this kind of protein is that it's so cheap, it's so readily accessible, and you, you can just get your hands on it so easily that it really does speak to the benefit of the convenience and price that we mentioned earlier. It's cheap, it's common, it tastes really good generally. It's it's probably the best tasting they've engineered and it also generally mixes really well in shakes or oats or wherever you put your protein powder in. Another massive advantage to whey protein powder, which is probably why it's become so popular aside from the price, is that it contains all of the essential amino acids. So it's got what we call a complete protein profile. It's sorry, it's got a complete amino acid protein. Uh, sorry, it's got a complete amino acid profile, which means it's a complete protein source, meaning it contains all the amino acids that your body needs to build muscle, whereas some other forms only have one, two, three, rather than all of them. So. That's a massive benefit to it, especially considering how cheap it is. And also whey protein, so milk proteins have a really high bioavailability level. Bioavailability is how accessible and available the nutrients are for your body to actually use um, and put to work in your body. So if something has a low bioavailability, you won't be able to use everything that's in it Whereas if it's got a high bioavailability, you're going to be able to use more of what you're intaking. Milk protein is actually the second highest bioavailable uh, protein source, which is second to egg protein. So from egg whites, that kind of stuff. Another thing about whey protein to note is that it's very fast digesting. And that's not really a good or bad thing. It's just something to know and then you can use that and pull it to work. So because it's fast digesting, it means that when you take it in, within an hour or two, your body's going to have digested it and be able to start using it, which means that it's good to get in your body, you know, after a fasted period. So in the morning, after you've not eaten for a long time or after a workout, a, a fasted workout and you want to get protein into your system a bit quicker, whey protein is going to be really good for that. However, 
if you want something that's going to be slower digesting because you're entering a fast or before bed, that kind of thing, whey protein isn't going to be ideal because of the digestion rate. So as you can see, there are some really big benefits to whey concentrate. The only disadvantage that I can really see myself is that for a lot of people, it does cause bloating and digestive issues. Because it's dairy product, a lot of people have issues digesting dairy as it is. And especially when it's so, so uh, processed, a lot of people are going to have problems with this. So if you get bloating or digestive issues uh, from a whey protein powder, don't just push through it because there are other options which won't give you the same discomfort. And it will also mean that your body is able to utilize it better if it's not struggling to digest it. Next up, we're going to talk about a whey isolate protein powder, which is definitely less common than a whey concentrate, but it's still definitely up there. And again, this is actually very similar to the whey concentrate. It comes from milk again, but rather than being 80% protein, it's going to be about 90% protein per serving. And because of that, it's going to have less carbs and fats, which is probably the first benefit. If you're looking to get a protein powder that is as close to pure protein as possible, then this is going to get you closer to that than a whey concentrate. It's going to have more protein per serving, less fats and carbs. Aside from that, it's pretty much the same as a whey concentrate powder. Again, it's got all the essential amino acids. It's a complete protein source and it's got high bioavailability because it comes from the same source as whey concentrate. It's still whey. So just like I said, it's still second to egg protein in terms of bioavailability. Again, because it's whey protein, it's fast digesting. So the benefits of that and the disadvantages of that are going to be exactly the same. Where whey isolate is different is in the disadvantages, really. So obviously, it's still a dairy product. So you're still going to have those bloating and digestive issues with this if you can't tolerate whey concentrate. But the issue I have with whey isolate is that it's got a near identical amino acid profile to whey concentrate, but at a higher price. So it's more expensive, it's less readily available, and it's pretty much the same. So from what I've seen, I don't really see the benefit of switching to this unless you are really, really, really trying to reduce your fats and carbs, which again is something I don't recommend. So if you know any other uh, benefits to a whey isolate over a whey concentrate, do let me know because I can just see those, uh, those three disadvantages that we mentioned. Up next, the third protein powder we're going to talk about is one called casein. And I'm sure some of you have heard of this, but it is definitely less common than whey protein powders. So casein protein, again, is from milk. Uh, it's a milk protein. However, remember that the whey protein is, whey concentrate is 80%. Casein is what makes up the 20% that isn't whey. So it it's distract it's extracted from the milk in a different uh using a different process i'm not a protein powder making expert i'm not sure uh how the process differs but it's from the 20% of the milk the, the of the milk protein that isn't whey and it's got different properties to whey which definitely make it noteworthy so because it's from milk 
Again, it's got an essential, it's got all the essential amino acids. It's a complete protein. It's got a complete amino acid profile. And also, if you switch from whey to casein, you might notice that it's generally thicker. So when you mix casein in a protein shake with water or milk or put it in cereal or oats or something like that, casein is going to have a thicker consistency, which is actually a benefit if you're dieting because if you are having something that's thicker, it's going to feel more filling. It's going to be more satiating. So when dieting, casein can be a good option. Also, casein is slower digesting than whey. So as we mentioned, whey is fast digesting. It's going to get into your, uh, you're going to be able to access the nutrients within an hour or two. Casein is going to be much slower release. It's going to be sustained over hours and hours. Um, because of that, it's good when you're entering a fasted state. You hear a lot of bodybuilders talking about having casein protein like cottage cheese before bed. That's because it's slow digesting. It's going to help them uh, access protein throughout the night. However, the benefit of this is so negligible that for most people, it's not really worth considering. But if you are looking to get that last one or two percent of progress, it's worth considering casein is a nice slow digesting protein source. In terms of the disadvantages of a casein protein powder, they're not they're not massive, but there's definitely a few. Um, the first thing is, you know, it it doesn't taste as good. People say that it kind of tastes a bit chalky and you're going to have less flavour options. Uh, just because it's less popular, companies are going to invest less money into the flavouring of it. So you get way less flavour options and the texture is going to be different to that of whey. But like I said, it's, it is thicker, which is a good thing. Casein protein is also quite substantially more expensive than a whey protein and less readily available. So you are going to be paying more money for something that doesn't have a huge amount of more uh, of different benefits. So that's, that's down to you whether you think the pricing difference is worth it. Generally, the macros of, of casein to whey are going to be very, very similar. So you're paying for similar macros, but of a different uh, kind of profile of digestibility profile, uh, but at a higher cost. So you, you need to make that decision. Next up, we're going to cover something a bit different. This is going to include a few different types of protein. And these are going to be vegan sources of protein powder. And so, so this is going to include things such as soy, pea protein, rice protein, hemp protein, all that kind of stuff. And obviously the main benefit of this is that vegans can have this. It's, it's not from a, a dairy product. It's not from meat. So you are able to eat this if you are vegan and it's still got a very high protein content. So per serving, it will depend on whether it's pea or rice or whatever you're looking at. But generally the protein content per serving is going to be the same as a whey or casein, if not higher. And then again, the fats and carbs are going to be the same, if not lower. The next major benefit for these kind of protein powders is that if you are one of those people which has digestive digestive issues when consuming whey or casein proteins, these are usually going to be so much better for your bloating and issues. So a lot of people that 
they're not vegetarian or they're not vegan, sorry, they never have been, but they can't really tolerate the dairy very well. They will use a vegan protein powder for that reason because they can just tolerate it. It doesn't make them bloated. Um, they digest it a lot better, which, as I mentioned, means you're going to have better access to the nutrients. You're going to be able to use that protein powder better. It's going to be better for your gut. In terms of the speed of digestion, it's going to vary slightly between the different sources, obviously, but typically we're looking at somewhere in the middle. So casein was your slow digestion protein powder, and then whey was your quick digesting protein powder. These are going to be somewhere in the middle of that. So you can't really utilize them because you, you can't utilize some for slow, some for quick. They're just all going to kind of sit around that middle mark, which isn't a disadvantage. It's just it's something to be aware of. In terms of the disadvantages, it is obviously more expensive and less common than the milk proteins we mentioned, but I think that's to be expected because you are paying for something that is more specialised. But because of the massive benefit of avoiding bloating and stuff like that, especially if you're vegan and you physically can't have the others, it's that the extra price is justified. Also, a lot of people don't like the taste of these as much. They're not really, they're not keen on the taste, especially if you're used to having a whey protein, which does taste so good. These vegan sauces can taste quite chalky and bad, and they don't tend to mix anywhere near as well in uh, milk and water, that kind of stuff. But if you use a blender and put it in a shake, it's it should take away some of those mixability, if not all of those mixing issues. Probably the biggest downside to these protein powders, to me at least, is that they're not a complete amino acid profile. So if you're having just rice protein powder or just pea protein powder, something like that, you're not going to be getting all of the essential amino acids your body needs. They're not complete protein sources, which means that if you get just, if you get all of your protein intake from just these sources, you're not going to be getting everything your body needs to build muscle. You're not going to be having all the all the pieces of the puzzle to put together to build that muscle. So you need to make sure you're getting a lot of protein variety in your diet rather than relying on just one of these powders to make sure that you are getting that or all of the essential amino acids that your body needs. And the last type of protein powder we're going to discuss again includes several forms and this is protein powder blends. So it's too, it's difficult to be specific about what's going to be in these because it's different for all of them. But basically this is where you get a protein powder that is a mixture of different types of protein. So you might have whey protein and um, casein protein together. You might have all soy, pea, rice, hemp protein all mixed together. And there's a lot of benefits to this and there's a few disadvantages to this. The benefits is going to be that you're going to have access to different digestion speeds. So if you're having a whey protein and casein mix, that means that some of the protein you're having is going to be quick digesting. Some of it's going to be slow digesting, which means that you don't have to think too much about where you're utilizing your uh, different types of protein. You're just getting it all together. You're getting the best of both worlds. Also, it's going to help you get a variety of protein source. So especially when we're looking at vegan protein blends, as I mentioned, 
just single vegan sources such as rice protein by themselves aren't going to have a complete amino acid profile. But if you combine several of them together, you can create a complete amino acid profile to get a complete protein source. And that's why they put together these vegan blends in the first place. So if you are vegan, this really is where you should be getting your protein powder from. You want to be looking for a vegan protein blend. Um, so that's, you know, I think that's big enough of an advantage. You need to be getting all of the essential amino acids. That's why they're called essential. So if this is going to allow you to do that in a more, in a massively convenient format, why would you not do that? However, the disadvantages are that obviously a blend is going to be more expensive. You're not getting just that cheap whey protein. You're getting some of the more expensive casein and all that kind of stuff. It's less common, um, more expensive, but still basic protein. So it's kind of the same thing, but more expensive. Um, but again, we did discuss the benefits of that. So you understand why. Um, another issue is that some companies, not all of them, some companies will be really transparent and tell you everything that's in their blends. But some companies will hide behind the word blend. So they'll say that their protein powder is a special blend of proteins, but they won't really be specific about what's in it. And they'll do this to hide poor quality usually. So if you are buying a protein blend, make sure that you're buying one that's transparent and tells you everything that's in there. Look at the ingredients and make sure you're getting a high quality protein powder that's got everything you need in it. Also, another issue is that you can't be specific to anything that's causing you issues. For example, if you start taking a pea protein powder and you then get constipated, you know that it's the pea protein powder that's making you constipated and you can then switch to a rice or a soy and see what happens. If you've got a mixture of soy, pea, rice, hemp and all these things, you don't really know what's causing what, so it's much harder for you to uh, specify and eliminate causes of issues in your diet. But on the whole, I really don't want to put you off protein blends, especially if you're vegan, because like I say, you need to get that complete amino acid profile. And this is such an easy, convenient way of doing it. So definitely look at protein blends. Okay, so just to summarize now, we're going to really speak about when you should be using protein powder, because this is kind of confusion for some people. I'm not going to say a time of the day, like after workout or in the morning or before bed or anything like that, because frankly, I don't care. It's 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 going to make such a small change that 99.9% of people don't need to worry about it. And it's going to be different for 99.9% of people based on lifestyle and all these kind of things. What I am going to talk about is what kind of situations put put you in a place where you could be utilizing protein powder. The main thing I want to focus on is that you shouldn't want, you shouldn't become dependent on it as a daily thing. Protein powder should be a tool that you use to get to your required protein intake when you can't meet it through whole food nutrition. So let's say you track your calories like a good lad and you need to get 200 grams of protein a day. You get to 10 p.m. and realize that you've only had 170 grams of protein that day. You can then use protein powder to fill in that last 30 grams of protein that you need. And that's going to help you hit your protein requirements. If it's too late, 
to get it through something else like a chicken breast or tuna, something that's going to be better for you, that's when you can start using a protein powder. It shouldn't be something that every single day you rely on to get to your protein intake. Another another situation that would uh, justify using protein powder is that if you struggle to meet your daily intake due to fullness, so especially a lot of women struggle to hit protein intakes just because protein is so filling, it's the most satiating macronutrient, as I'm sure you've heard. So for a woman to be getting 140, 150 grams of protein, that can be a lot. That's a lot of chicken, a lot of tuna, a lot of steak. So because that's so filling for them, often it's beneficial for these people to use a protein powder just to get to that intake without making them feel absolutely stuffed at the end of every day. Another reason that you should be using protein powder is if you're on a really tight budget. I've already I've already been through all the pricing and shown how much cheaper it is than whole food sources. So if you are a student or living at home or you know you, you just don't have much money available, protein powder, buying protein powder in bulk, so a massive five kilogram bag or something like that is going to be so much cheaper than a whole food source. Obviously, don't get all of your protein intake through it, but using it for a a serving or two each day is really going to help you budget. And the final point I'm going to make, I promise you it's the final point because we're over half an hour now, which is ridiculous. The final point is that if you are vegan, this is going to be so beneficial to you just because it's so hard for vegans to get in protein and hit their protein targets whilst staying low calorie or within their calorie targets because you have to eat a lot of each thing as a vegan generally to get a lot of protein without fats and stuff like that. So a protein blend, a vegan blend is going to be so much more beneficial and I do think that 99% of vegans should, should really be using a protein powder just to make their life so much easier. And with that... I will leave it there. If you have any more questions, please do get in touch and let me know. Hope you enjoyed listening and until the next one, see you later guys.